Hey, this is Ruby George. Hey, this is Mather Wiswell. From the Florida Grid League. And if you want to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy, you should be listening to Stories That Sell with my friend Scott Ramage. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, on this episode of Stories That Sell, I have Ruby and Mather. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hello. Thank you, sir. Hey, why don't we just go ahead and get running out of the gates? You guys tell the audience real quick who you are and what you do. Ruby, go ahead. I'm, I'm Ruby George, and I'm the Director of Operations for the Florida Grid League. How long have you been doing that, Ruby? Um, we started, we officially, officially launched in 2015, but we really actually started in 2016. All right, cool. Mather, your turn, brother. I am the head of competition and media and marketing for the Florida Grid League. Okay, so let's go ahead and do what we always do in this, uh, this show. And you guys just, honestly, I think a lot of listeners won't know what Florida Grid League is, which is kind of exciting. We're going to explode, expose them to this neat thing. And then um, tell us the story of how you guys really got to where you are and what you're doing. So if it's all right, I'll start with what it is and then Ruby can tell the story of how we got here, if that works. Yeah. And first of all, first of all, I, I think the audience, audience should know you guys are brother and sister, right? Correct. Yeah. So the, so the interactions are totally brother and sister like. So yeah, Mather, go ahead and start. <laughs> yeah, we've been working together for a long time. So we kind of know our roles in conversations a lot of times so but the Florida Grid League is the first true team sport with men and women on the same team and it's uh it's a combination of other sports uh movements so for example Olympic weightlifting gymnastics CrossFit uh, movements are taken from those sports and others strongman's another example and incorporated into a series of races between two teams. And those teams are, again, made up of half men, half women. And the team strategically uh, approach those races with their roster to perform them the fastest within a given match. And a match is our version of a game. And so like any, um, any team sport, there's a regular season playoff and championship. And we have city-based teams. Um, you know, that compete head to head um, th through all of those different types of, uh, of interactions. And um, that's kind of the, the rough overview. The series of races uh, within a match are constructed differently. They have different rules. They have a combination of body weight movements, some strength based movements. And your players 
on a team will range a lot as far as their body types, their specialties, their backgrounds, their physical capabilities, but also, you know, important things for teams, things like leadership, communication, mm. teamwork are all really important for the players to be proficient in. So uh, it's very strategic, very fast. These races are really fast. They only last a couple of minutes long. And then, um, you know, it's very obviously inclusive and, and equal in that men and women are together. We have female coaches, we have female team owners, um, which is unique to us as a sport. So we feel those are the really important components to the sport because it's a better reflection of society in the sports world, which has been lacking um, because it's usually just gender specific. And there's a big segregation between the genders, whether it is an all male or all female team. Um, and so our real attempt is to kind of bring the sports world together amongst men and women. That's amazing. Ruby, what's your, uh, what are you going to add to that? Um, well, I think that that's, uh, you know, a good overview of what the sport is. Um, we actually didn't invent the sport ourselves. It was launched in 2014 and when it was launched, it was, uh, you know, it was something that, that we, that resonated with us right away. And so we got involved and we owned a team in, um, Miami, um, in the first iteration, which was a, you know, a large kind of splashy, um, launch. There was eight teams across the country. It ran for about three seasons. And during that time, Mather and I were extremely involved in our team, as well as we helped out at the league level quite a bit. So we were very involved the entire time when it became clear to us that that league probably wasn't going to, you know, succeed the way that they wanted to, to, or the way that we all wanted it to, um, we decided to launch our own so that we could continue with the sport of grid. The sport of grid itself was, um, you know, like Mather said, like extremely exciting. Everybody loves it. Once you watch it, you fall in love with it. And, um, and it's, you know, it's addicting. And also it has the chance to, to change society, like Mather was saying with the equality and diversity, and that's huge focus of ours. Um, and so, like I said, in 2015, we officially launched the Florida grid league. Um, we started hosting events for, um, all levels of players to play in 2016. And then we had our first season in Florida in 2017. So we just wrapped up season five. Um, and, you know, we've got, we've got eight teams from around Florida. We have people that are flying in from all over the world, really, to play in Florida, in the Florida Grid League. And um, sorry, even though it's the Florida Grid League, I live outside of Philadelphia and I'm really cold. So if my voice is shaking, it's because I'm shivering. <laughs> I had no clue you didn't live in Florida. How in the world do you make that work? Do you just travel there a lot? Um, I used to, before I had my kids, I traveled there quite a bit. And then we have a really amazing team of people that live in Florida and help run the events. Um, we have a, a season director who's been with us for the five, full five years of, of the season. And so, um, yeah, she kind of makes sure that the events run really well. And, and I'm just a remote <laughs> support system from from Pennsylvania for most of them and I get to as many events as I can because they're so much fun and I love love going but um but yeah it's it's I don't get to experience the the joy of grid in person very often yeah that's uh, that's really quite fascinating I actually want to talk a little bit more about that but I'm going to wait a minute because you guys talk about a, a passion and a and a love for the sport 
And um, how are you? How did you go from being involved with this big splashy entrance into, I guess, the market, the world? I I know that it was televised on TV for a while, and I know there was a lot of money spent to get this started. And you guys saw the writing on the wall. Okay, this is not going to continue on. How do you look at something that's like, hmm, that seems to be failing. I want to continue with it. What was that process like? And what was that conversation like between you guys? Yeah, so thanks for asking that because that's you know something I think is really important because most organizations that have been around for a while have had to pivot at some point uh, as far as what their focus is or what their business model is. Um, and so when we started seeing the writing on the wall, you know, figured out the problems were probably insurmountable. We had that kind of conversation with each other. You know, we've invested a ton in the sport. What are the problems with it? Do we think it's worth going on? Um, do we keep investing in it, even though we've already put a ton into it? And, um, you know, we interviewed a lot of people that were involved with the original iteration of the sport to help determine our own perspective on it from outside our own heads. And it was kind of a unanimous resounding, we love the sport. The sport is amazing. It's even better than we thought it, it would be when we first got into it. And that all of the issues surrounding it had nothing to do with the sport itself, but it was other major components of running a sport that you need to have to be successful in running a sport, such as a, you know, an efficient business model and a uh, decision-making process and leadership uh, model that everybody can get behind and, and feel, you know, comfortable with. So those are the two main components that we changed when we came up with a new version of the sport, which was you know, the business model, the, uh, the leadership and decision-making process. And those two main components are really the only thing that we've changed and they're big things. But um, you know, we're very stable as far as the business goes. Um, we have a great growth trajectory and we, we feel like with the luxury of what we saw went wrong at that NPGL level, we were able to pivot into something that is sustainable long-term and has a solid foundation to build upon. And, um, and so, you know, that's where kind of where we are today and how we made that transition. It wasn't something that we just did in our own heads. We, we talked a lot and those people are still involved now, by the way, you know, mm. they were people that we respected. They said, if, you know, likely if I can be involved with that, I will be. And most of them are today, which is also speaks to how significant the sport is because it's been years since that version existed and, and people are still involved. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be running up on 10 years in a, in a few years, three years, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's pretty significant. And I mean, there's so much to love about this. You guys all know, I have, you know, history with CrossFit and I love Olympic lifting and you talked about gymnastics. I mean, we're talking about a massive range of skill levels. And I think that's where the team comes in. And then the male female aspect, I want to spend some time on that right now. Uh, one, you guys are, are a brother sister combination. So this is really unique. How, before we hop into, you know, your, your passion for this kind of all inclusive, uh, team setup, how has it been working together and, and, and especially remote, I, I, I have a remote business partner and it works phenomenal and it really throws people off. They're, they're like, you, what? I'm like, yeah, we see each other probably three, four times a year and they just don't get it. But how, how is this dynamic work? You guys have been, been in this for a bit now. So you should you probably work through most of the kinks and then talk about remote partnership in a business. 
Yeah, we actually worked together before Grid for a long time. Um, so we worked together in Philadelphia. Um, Mallor's a, a graphic designer and a marketing expert, and I'm, you know, the project manager and admin. So it works out really well that the, the team of the two of us really kind of fills all the holes that you need in a successful business owner. So um, our skill sets just really complement each other and we each have our roles and we kind of just, you know, go with those roles that we set up a long time ago before grid even, even started. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been a process. Like we've, we've always had to make sure that our, our fam familial relationship comes first and mm. we make sure to do that. So if there are issues, it's always, I'm talking to my brother, I'm not talking to my business partner or, you know, something like that. And so we're always respectful and, um, you know, just, just work out the issues when they happen. But for the most part, it is, it's such a good working relationship because our skill set is so complimentary. Yeah, that's, yeah, go ahead, Mather. I would say we also have very different emotional approaches, which is, you know, really important component as far as finding balance there, but also understanding how to uh, work with other people in our organization that are more reflective of one or the other, you know, so we have a little bit of better understanding of, of how somebody might react to something I say, Ruby's going to know better uh, for somebody that thinks like her than, and, and vice versa for me. So that's a really important component to, to the balance between us. You know? Yeah, I'm really passionate about business partnerships. And here's why. Because when I first started my partnership with my, or my business partnership, um, a lot of people came to me and to him separately and said, you don't join with them. Don't do that. Don't do a partnership. It's going to fail. I don't know how many times I've heard it, but the truth is, is we are complete polar opposites as far as our skills, skill sets mm -hmm. and also the remote emotional response and the way that we see things and handle things is, and it's been a massive asset. Have you guys also had people say, Whoa, that's crazy. Especially with the, the family connection. Well, like, like Ruby said, we've been doing this for, I don't know, 15 years now. Yeah. Um, we've been working together for a long time. So we had a branding and marketing firm in Philadelphia, which we still work with several clients with um, that we worked together on basically in the same roles wow. there too. So we already knew what we were getting ourselves into in that regard. And, um, you know, we're able to put the family aspect first and, um, you know, so yeah, it can be done. I've, I've certainly seen the the negative side of it, but if, if people are willing to, both partners are willing to open, approach it with an open mind and, and think emp empathetically about the other perspective, then it can definitely work in my opinion. Yeah. And I think we're both so committed to our own personal growth that, you know, if, if I'm going through something that I need to work on, you know, Mather understands what that's like and encourages me to continue to work on it, you know, and instead of like pointing out a flaw, it's like, this is, this is something I need to work on as an individual or as a person. Um, and he's supportive of that and vice versa. So it's, it's, um, I don't know. I think we're both just so dedicated to ourselves growing into better people and better leaders and better business owners that, you know, we have to get better at talking to each other always and talking to other people. And that's, you know, it's communication is really what it's all about anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's circle back to the, um, the combination of women and men in a sport, because this is really fascinating 
there really isn't anything else out there that I can think of, especially like pro semi pro. Um, how is, was that something you guys saw very early on? Because you seem very passionate about that and you, about, you know, this, I don't know if you said equality, but this situation just lends itself, especially with the way the sport is set up. And, and if people don't understand like gymnastics, small size, speed, um, mobility are huge, right? So women tend to be really good at that. T- typically, uh, maybe like the, the Olympic lifting has a certain body style. Uh, the, sh- the pure strength has a certain body style. So let's talk about how this works in the sport. And, and the first question, of course, was, was this something you saw immediately and were really drawn to? Yeah, so for me, this was the main thing. So, you know, the originator of the sport, Tony Budding, uh, you know, genius guy, visionary guy, um, sold us on the concept of the sport. And to me, the main component, which made me feel like not only it would be successful, and I'll explain why in a second, but it's also important uh, to exist. And that is the fact that men and women are together. So on a sports team. And so the closest comparison that I think exists out there now is doubles tennis. Mm -hmm. And there's like some obscure sports that generally have smaller teams. CrossFit's an example. It's like four, four people, but obviously gets a lot less attention. And, and the size of the team just went down a couple people uh, a year or two ago. Um, But we're talking about real teams. Our teams are 18 person teams. Like you said, they have a wide range of roles physically with on a team. So, you know, when you think about football, it's, it's a great comparison because you have your, your line linemen that are, you know, 300 plus pounds. And then you have your wide receivers that, you know, can be under 200 pounds and everyone in between with a different role, different function, different strategic objective within the game. And our sport is very similar. You know, we have females that are four foot tall and we have males that are, um, you know, six and a half feet tall and, and over 300 pounds and everything in between. And they all come at it with a very different uh, emotional approach as well. So from like the purpose of a sport is, you know, something for us as a society to engage around, to care about, um, to get excited about outside of ourselves uh, and to have fun with, right? So we feel like the combination of men and women on, on the same team is such a compelling component of our sport that it serves the objective of any traditional sport better than what a a regular sport would with a single gender, because you have a wider range of personalities and purposes on a team that must come together, that must work together effectively to win and and to compete. And a coach's job is even more complex than it would be on, on a single gender team, because you have to deal with people differently. Unlike male football, um, you know, Yes, you have variation in personality, but the male perspective from a female perspective, how they deal with adversity, how they approach situations is night and day, let alone the variation within each gender itself. So a great coach is going to have to think very specifically about how they want to approach a specific player with a certain issue and the range of their ability to communicate in certain ways is, is much wider. So think about it as like a a reality show you know what goes on in a locker room well a locker room is has only ever been all male or all female well now you have them together and what the dynamic is in a locker room and you can think about the direction of some of those things and where they could go when you put both genders together um 
it's super compelling. It's fun to watch. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic way that enhances the sport experience tremendously. And so that's why we think it will be successful. And then obviously, you know, the reason you put your kids in sports is because of what they learn from a teamwork perspective and a humility perspective and a leadership perspective and pushing yourself to your limits and finding your roles while working with others and all of those other benefits that come with being in team sports at a development stage of, of, um, of growth. And, you know, we feel like our sport serves that objective even better as well and kind of multiplies it because in life, most people have a life partner at some point in their life. And so if you learn to work with the other gender, um, you know, effectively in a sports setting, it's going to translate into other ways in society as well. So such as your life partner, which is something that's never really been a part of sports in the past. Plus, as society does become more and more equal and there is more females in leadership roles and business and everything else related to life, it just supports that cohesive working together and understanding, um, you know, between men and women. So, you know, we feel like it's, it's, it's something that is not just more fun to watch, not just more compelling from a media perspective. It's also an important thing that can help push society in, in a positive direction in all becoming, um, you know, better working together and, and better have a better life experience with, with one another on, on the planet, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's big. You have a big vision. So with that big vision, you know, you are the Florida Grid League. How, how, how do you guys see this vision expanding out to the world? And I know you guys have worked a lot on, you know, your YouTube channel and you've really grown a lot. People are actually watching, which is really exciting. Um, what's the, is, are you willing to share your plan? And because the vision is so big, it seems like it should be a worldwide thing. <laughs> Ruby, you want to talk about that? I mean, uh, our mission is to become the most watched sport in the world. So that's where we're headed. Awesome. Um, and, and, you know, we do think that it's extremely possible and that we're going to get there um, because of all of the things that Mather just said, you know, not only is it exciting to watch, but also it's, it's awesome life lessons that we should all, you know, be a part of. Um, and so how we get there is not a hundred percent clear to us at this moment, um, mostly because you know, COVID shook things up quite a bit. And so the opportunity to expand into other leagues, which, I mean, we get questions almost every day about how can I bring this to my area? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the answer is it's really hard. <laughs> and then COVID made it a lot harder. Mm. So, um, you know, right now we're kind of, you know, wrestling with, well, do we put all of our focus into the Florida grid league and make that actually national? And then, you know, um, go that route or do we do you know the option of expanding into other leagues and then helping other people worldwide kind of you know start their leagues and um it's you know it's it's still up in the air mostly because um we're not sure what the market is gonna is gonna like where the market's gonna take us and also 
it kind of depends on, you know, like our capacity and the types of partners that we meet and the people that are out there that are, you know, willing to go through what we've went through for the past right. five years in order to launch, you know, a successful league. And it is, it's really, really hard. And, and we've learned that, you know, time and time again. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And if I, if I could add to that and just say our, our actual, like, written down mission that we say to everybody is to create the best sports experience in the world. So, um, you know, how far that goes is not necessarily our focus. I mean, Ruby, you mentioned where we'd like to be. Obviously, that's that's a big ask. Like, that's a big vision, a big goal, like you said. Um, we think it's possible because of all the elements that we've talked about, not next year, not, in, you know, a couple of years, but um, but the point is, if we can create the best sports experience in the world because of all of the elements that are related to men and working together and why that's more compelling and why that's more fun and why it's more impactful, then um, how that manifests into more and more people playing it is really open for debate. And one of the main uh, you know, objectives we set out with at the beginning was we were going to take what the market gives us and not try and push the market in a specific direction. And because that's what we tried to do with the NPGL. Um, and so uh, before 2020, our goal was to replicate the, um, the Florida Grid League in other regions, which is, you know, this regional model where everybody can drive to compete and be a part of the sport and whatnot. Well, 2020 happened. That shut down all of our efforts to do that, uh, you know, have phys physical expansion in that way. But what did happen during that period is, is vast expansion in our media side of things. And it created a ton of opportunity and value for people outside of our organization, namely our sponsors. And so our marketing backgrounds, we've, we've kind of taken that aspect of it and run with it. We've also had a lot of great uh, conversations with media companies, you know, TV networks, people that have interviewed the players for their perspectives in, you know, documentaries that are happening and things like that. So, um, you know, those are right now more feasible and bigger opportunities related to the growth of the sport than trying to push forth the physical expansion, which has a ton of roadblocks before COVID. And then COVID has just created more roadblocks. So we're kind of following that take what the market gives you uh, philosophy. And that has morphed our strategy. But right now, you know, we're, we're reaching more people than we ever have before. Um, we're reaching more people than and the, the NPGL did, name, namely, but in a different way. Um, but the, the growth of the sport, the awareness of the sport, the understanding and appreciation of the sport is growing day over day, and albeit a different way than we originally intended. Um, but again, you know, we're open-minded to how it goes as the next two-year step and the next five-year step. And if it's a large media partner that says, we see the vision of what you see, we think it's an important thing that we can attach our brand to, then we'd be open to that. If it's a, you know, a physical product brand, like a shoe company or uh, something like that, then we, we'd be open to that as well. Um, if it's an investor, we'd be open to that as well. Or we could do it the same way we've been doing it for the last five years and just grow incrementally and with um, a stable platform year after year. Uh, and so there's a lot of different ways that we could kind of reach that next level of, you know, a national level sport, a global sport, um, and, you know, a bigger and bigger media entity. Uh, you mentioned YouTube, you know, maybe we just 
explore everything in the YouTube rather than going, trying to go the traditional TV route. So mm-hmm. just explaining a lot of different opportunities and routes that we've explored and that are possible routes that we have in front of us that we could take to really take the sport to the next level. Yeah. It's kind of like a grassroots led almost. I, I don't know if that's the right, but, but, you, but what I love about this is the fact that you guys have been able to change the, the focus based on the world that's happening and what's happening. That's a really great lesson for a lot of business owners. Uh, and like, look, we all know TV standard TV is not what it used to be. And to be able to pivot and say, okay, maybe YouTube or another online outlet is going to be the real movement, the real way we uh, move into the next, the next level. It's really cool. Um, I want to pivot because Ruby has mentioned multiple times and you've mentioned multiple times, uh, Mather, uh, the emphasis on leadership and personal growth. And I think that's something that I want to spend the rest of our time or most of our time from here on out really kind of digging into because you guys have brought up some things that have taken some some serious resolve um, and probably had to really change your mindset, obviously, with COVID. And I want to talk about what you guys personally do to con- continually increase your own uh, ability as leaders and as business owners. Um, and then also kind of that leadership role that kind of comes from the sport, the, the competition. But first, let's talk about you guys. Like what, for each of you, first of all, what's one thing that you do every single day that's non-negotiable that move, continues to move the needle for you as a better leader and business owner? Yeah, <laughs> if you have something, go for it. <laughs> Well, I mean, let me ask, like, are you reading? Are you watching podcasts? Do you engage in any yeah. masterminds? What kind of things? Yeah, it's probably reading and podcasts for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I listen to the How I Built This podcast almost just about daily because it's listening to other people's stories, what they went through. You know, it gives me a lot of ideas and inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I have been reading leadership books for probably 10 to 15 years, I feel like in preparation for the next five years where, you know, we're, we're building our team. Now we are working with people on a very regular basis and really trying to be good leaders for the first time for a long time. It was just me and Mather. Um, and you know, now it's like, we have to, we have to bring other people in and figure out how to, lead them. And it's really, really hard. And, you know, it's definitely something that I'm super excited about, but I know needs a lot of work. So I'm constantly reading books about that. Has it kind of been the Ruby and Mather, like pulling the strings for these years and it's time to kind of hand a few strings over to other people, or have you guys been, you know, working to getting people on board with you the entire time? Has there been a, a personal transition to kind of let go of some things? Yeah, we can't say that we've done it by ourselves for sure. Like, you know, we've worked every day for the past, I don't know how many <laughs> years on it, but we've been working with people the entire time and incredible people. Um, but, you know, a lot of the direction, a lot of the understanding of what we want is in in our own brains. And Mather and I have been working together for so long 
that he and I can have a conversation that nobody else will understand what the end result was that we came out of it. And so it's been it's been a challenge over the past couple of years to try and figure out how to communicate that to other people. And like Mather said, our different personalities, how to use our different personalities to make sure we're being super clear and leading other people the way that we want them or, you know, the way that the company needs to go and what our goals are. And, you know, um, I think that's definitely been a challenge for us is like, we've worked with awesome people, but I don't know that we've been the best leaders up until, you know, we're getting better. We're, we're, we're working on it hard. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I don't know that you ever arrive as a leader, right? I think that yeah. might be the definition of leadership is you never stop growing. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Ruby. Mather, how about you? What is something daily or very frequently you do to just kind of continually to sharpen yourself? Well, first thing I want to clarify is, um, you know, when it comes to the operations of the Florida Grid League, in the past, you know, five, six years, that's been primarily Ruby and I, she's done, you know, 70, 80% of the execution along with, with Lindsay Terapika, shout out to her. Um, and, um, but when it comes to the commitment and investment and um, I want to say like, uh, community influence that has made this sport possible it it's basically one eighth us and the other eighth the team owners in the oh, league yeah. that's right that took a chance with us in 2017 and said let's do this thing together uh and there has been a little bit of of evolution in who those team owners are um, but, you know, and several of them are those people that we interviewed initially and said, should we, we do this? Is this sport worth trying to rebuild? Uh, but without them, we've got nothing. Right. And, um, and so, and that's a unique aspect of our sport and our business that, um, you know, is really important. And it's something that I think about almost every day is, you know, how grateful and appreciative I personally am that they took a risk and that they have invested so much alongside of us and not that they don't every day still. Um, but, you know, that important component and, and, you know, I wish they could all be on this podcast with us too, because that's how I feel about it. Like, it, I don't feel like it's us. I feel like it's them with us. You know what I mean? Which right. is, has, has grown this because they, they each bring something very unique and incredibly important to the sport and the, the growth and direction of the league as well. So, and without them, you know, players wouldn't trust Ruby and I, you know, players trust them, you know, to, that this is going to be, and I'm talking more about the early years now that there, we have a proven track record of what to expect. But in the early years, they were just trusting the coaches to say, Hey, look, we've got something to do here. It's going to be a blast. Come with us and try it. Um, and at a point when the sport was basically had a negative perception, you know, people don't like to jump on board with things that are failing. So, um, and so, you know, year over year, the challenges change, but there's still challenges for everybody, in, in, including those team owners. So that perspective is a really important one to remember every single day. Uh, in addition to the kind of mental growth that we, like Ruby said, that we always try to, to achieve ourselves. Um, and you know, that's, that's being 
a constant learner and I'm a big meditator as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, taking care of your physical and mental uh, health is also really important every single day as well to me. That's awesome. Yeah. I obviously a league doesn't exist without teams. I mean that, right. you know, it almost goes without saying, but that's a really good point is it is a completely different business model. I mean, you mm-hmm. you, you're, you don't really have customers you have, well, I don't even know how to structure that. It's a, it is very different and I'm sure it's a big very learning different. curve for you guys. Yeah. I mean, that it's something that, you know, if you have any other kind of business background, that type of experience probably isn't going to be super beneficial in those other business models. But the fact that we were with the NPGL and we saw how that dynamic worked gave us the luxury of understanding, you know, the kind of structure that we thought would work with this kind of situation. It's evolved a lot along the way, thanks to those team owners as well. But, um, but yeah, it's very unique. It's, it's, it's also very special. Like it's, it's an amazing thing. It's, there's a group of people that would never really correspond otherwise, probably in a lot of ways, but in this way, um, everybody has a level of respect and appreciation for one another that, uh, you know, this sport brings out in people, but also, um, you know, is working together towards a common goal. It's team sports. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, everybody puts in sacrifices to drive this thing forward and, and everybody appreciates everybody else's sacrifices for that. So, yeah. I'll just say though, that one of the reasons why running this league is so difficult is because, or, or one of the reasons why like just anybody can't start a league like this is because not everybody is Mather. Mather has this <laughs> insane ability to connect with so many different types of people and build relationships and, and just consider 8,500 things at once to make sure that everyone's being heard and everyone is, you know, gotten their shout outs and like has the, the, you know, I tend to get like this, like, give me, give me focus, give me a path and I'm going to get on it. And Mather's vision is a lot wider and it takes in a lot more. So, you know, that's why when you ask a question about like, is it you and Mather? I'm like, you know, operation, operation, this is my lane. And Mather's like, yeah, but look at all this other stuff that we got. But that's <laughs> that we have to like give give credit to, you know. So he, I think he's an exceptional person, and the reason why, you know, we're able to have as many team owners love this league as much as they do. Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. Well, I've, I personally had the opportunity to work with Mather and it was absolutely amazing. So I will, I will back that up hundred percent, but I also, as an operations person, understand the absolute necessity of 100%. that element of a business because it's the dream and the connections and everything. And then it's the, like you have, to have someone to execute or it just doesn't work. 
Yeah. And that's why we're the perfect partners. It is. It is. And I think that's such a great lesson for people because, you know, if anybody knows of my story, it's very similar as well. That partnership is just so uh, different lanes and it's just, it's a symbiotic relationship that just moves things forward all the time. And I, I think it's a great opportunity for people if they're thinking about doing a partnership, but they've always kind of had in their mind, like, maybe I would do better in my business if I brought somebody else in. Those are the ticket. That's the ticket is looking at that personality and, and that almost, it's almost like, you know, they say marriages are better when, and it, this isn't really proven, but when you're opposites, like you, you have opposite because you kind of work as a team, it is that way in business partnership. So it doesn't make it easy though. I will oh, say that no. <laughs> <laughs> it actually makes it pretty damn hard. <laughs> it does. It does. That but you know, you that's about. why like the personal growth and, and understanding where your weaknesses are and letting go of certain things is so important. It's really hard to do, but because Mather and I are our brother and sister, like we said, like that's, that's the important thing is that we're not going to fight about like, you know, whatever, we're going to get to the bottom of, of the disagreement. And then we're going to, you know, make sure that we walk away from it, loving each other as brother and sister always. So, well, and I yeah, think, and I think the, 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 sorry, Scott, the, the empathy that's required because like, you know, the way that Ruby's brain works, the way that my brain works are complete and polar opposites. Mm-hmm. And so the empathy muscle has been so developed in me that it's almost inhibiting in other ways in life uh, because of this type of relationship. But I think that's a requirement. And like you said, you know, the, the execution mindset in getting a million things done in a day is such a rare and important component to any business. Uh, and, and very few people, I mean, what Ruby does has been hailed by many important people along our journey um, as like the key to the, the ability to do as much as we do. And I completely agree with all that, but it yields such a difference in perspective from mine that it can create a really big conflict. So the empathy that's required, the ability to get out of your own head and put yourself in somebody else's is so, so important to being able to work through that. So absolutely 100%. I think that's a really important factor to, to put in there. And you, you didn't interrupt me because that's what I wanted to lead to. It basically okay. took it there. So it's perfect. Um, so we're, we're up against the clock right here. I, I know that you guys have other things to do. So I want to uh, ask you the final question before we close out and I'll ask each of you separately. <laughs> so you don't talk over each other, Ruby, I'll let you go first. Lucky you. If you uh, could give yourself advice at any time in your life, you go back in time and give yourself some piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I think it would be, you don't have to be good at everything. You know, because Mather's my big brother, working with him has been a, a personal challenge of mine sometimes because when he is is right or correct about something, I would get down on myself for not being able to do that thing or for not saying it myself or for not coming up with it or, or whatever. And it took me a really long time, way too long to realize that I have my roles and I'm good at certain things. And that means he has his role and he's good at certain things. And I don't have to do those things too. Um, and I think it really did come a lot from like, I just admire him so much and I always have, and I've always wanted to be as good as he is in my mind. And, and, you know, it, it took me a long time to kind of see myself as an equal to him because I have my opposite strengths and not the same strengths as him. So my advice would be to just chill it out. <laughs> yeah. 
let other people do what they're good at and you do what you're good at. And that's good enough. <laughs> really good advice. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Mather, same question. Uh, you know, it's like, it's kind of um, what Ruby said, but the opposite. <laughs> so for example, I'm the creative type and I'm the, um, I'm the like, you know, can get lost in my own thoughts for hours and come out the other side with something that I, you know, I'm super passionate about and hundred percent driven for. Um, but you know, what I'm lacking at least naturally, and I've developed this a lot is organization and, you know, systems, you know, a year systems guy, you know, we both know this guy named Nathan, that's kind of you jump systems a little bit, but <laughs> just just but a little over just the a top. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know that component. Like I, I've always like I was in the corporate world and I was really good at uh, design and selling, and those are a rare combination. And I was kind of like I excelled really quickly in the corporate world because of I had that rare combination. So I was kind of felt like oh, I don't really need organization. I don't really need planning. I don't need to focus on you know, um, my output and all of that. And so it's been the hardest thing for me to transition and incorporate a lot of what Ruby does just naturally, but it is planning, organization, uh, you know, coming up with systems and structure to what we do so that the output can increase at a much more effective way, but also we have an infrastructure to expand the team and things like that. So that's been a really important component that I've had to eat a lot of humble pie to be able to incorporate into my process and thought process effectively. And then of course, people like you and Nathan along the way that have, have other you know key key aspects to helping helping me build that. But for myself, but um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be here and be near half a third of the productive person I am today if it wasn't for Ruby setting me on that path of learning how to incorporate that in my life even though I resisted tremendously because it was so hard and foreign to me yeah. um, but that's like what I would say is like think about and work on organization way before you then you did you know what I mean and and and, and I would I think we'd be even farther if I did do that yeah that's awesome I, and that is a really important factor that a lot of people learn really late if they ever do um, so just a real quick, like Florida Grid League website is a great place. I'm sure for people to get connected to your, you guys got to check out their YouTube channel. You got to check out their videos. Um, but is that where all the, all everything lives and what is that site? Yeah, I would say, uh, the best place, at least for people that have never heard of our sport is to start with Instagram. Um, Instagram is like short little nuggets of some of the most impressive aspects of outer sport, which is really the players. You know, you get to see what the players do um, within, you know, 30 seconds to a minute clips. And, it, you know, the piecing it all together is really great, low investment way to, to kind of become familiar with um, the whole thing. And then YouTube is something that we're focused on, but we really just kind of recently started focusing on. So we're still developing all of the, the path for people to effectively. But if you want to see a full match, you can do that there on YouTube. Awesome. All right. And then our website is thefgl.com. Good. For, for FGL is Florida Grid League, so uh, pretty right. easy to remember. And we'll have those uh, links in the show notes and on the YouTube uh, notes. So anybody can find them that listens or watches this episode. You guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I uh, loved unwrapping even more of your story since I've interviewed you guys before. 
uh, it's intriguing. And I, I, people are crazy if they don't follow this, they're crazy because it's, I see it. Like I, I caught it. Right. I think I caught it a while ago, but I, there's just something there and I know it's going to be big. So I really commend you guys for hanging in there and I know it's going to be a long road, but it's going to be an amazing one. So thank you so much for sharing your stories. Thank you. Thanks, that was amazing. Thanks so much for having us. And, and I really appreciate you having you in, uh, in our circle in life. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week.